0: So, this, uh, I hope you guys ate your Wheaties, because this is serious this morning. We've got, like, a whole, uh, this is, like, a, um, a mouthful. Yeah, know, this, this text, you know, it's, like, it's gonna be a little bit of a workout here, so, uh, it's gonna be, like, one of those old you know did you guys ever watch uh, Swim with the Old Days Richard Simmons Yeah. oh I was really hoping you'd say no to that oh yeah like we were relegated to that as children like we had church lock-ins and did that stuff Uh, anyway so uh, yes Uh, what are we talking about alright so let's get this over here we got all kinds of room to spare nobody over here this is like the Samaritan side of the The room, Uh, so we're gonna snuggle in. So um, I'm gonna jump right in this text. I want to walk through it just because there's a lot going on, and uh, and see what we can uh, exegete from the text, as my old professor would say, as he made noises like stuff like that. So uh, all right, verse one, verse one. Now when Jesus uh, learned that the Pharisees Uh, the Pharisees had heard Jesus making and baptizing more disciples than John Uh, so you kind of begin to get the sense like oh the Pharisees who are that and although it was not Jesus himself but his disciples who baptized mm, he left Judea and started back to Galilee so uh, and as many of you guys probably heard or seen this text before uh, there's um, anyway. so uh, you guys are blessed today in that you get the whiteboard Uh, But so, I think I have a map. All right, so here is the sea. Uh, Up down here is like Egypt. We're in captivity. That's Egypt. That's how it looks. And uh, over here is uh, Judea. All right, you with me? You with me? I'm going to need a different marker, I think. And up here in the northern kingdom is Galilee. All right? Does anybody know what Galilee means? Ship? I I don't know either, I thought. (laughs) Stall. stall! Okay, um, so, uh, and in the middle is Samaria. All right, this is cool. I love geographics. Thank you, someone, please. So, actually, I took, uh, actually, one of the classes I took was with the great preacher, Gary Hinke. And uh, he literally uh, gave us all maps of, uh, uh, you know, like first day of class he handed us a bunch of maps. And he like rolled it out over the floor and he was like, everybody get down here. Yeah, you know, and it was like a, yeah, no, it was like a uh, you know, Dead Poets Society moment with the book of John. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so to get to, uh, from Judea, uh, so Jerusalem's like down here, you know, you got the Temple Mount. Anyway, but and then uh, and then up here is Galilee. So to get from Judea to Galilee, you have to go through Samaria. Got it. All right. So um, the Jews uh, worshipped at the temple right in you know, in Jerusalem, and, uh, and like we talked about a couple Sundays ago, Jesus shows up, turns the tables over. You know, he he totally he turns the tables over on what worship is right. Uh, but if you are uh, in, uh, if you're a Samaritan, uh, so Sichar is like right here. Let me get ahead of myself, uh, and so is where Jacob's well is. There's Jacob's well, and right next to it is Mount Gerizim. Okay, and if you're a Samaritan, you didn't worship at the temple you believe you ought to worship on Mount Gerizim. So, uh, that's kind of a little more what's going on. Anyway, but the text kind of tells you a lot of that stuff. Uh, It says, he had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sikar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, uh, because he is, in fact, Jesus, and he is human, right? He's tuckered out. And he stops by the well, and it was about noon. Uh, So... That's kind of uh, some of what's going on. So they're there. They're at Jacob's well. Uh, it's interesting. Now there's like this uh, Eastern uh, Orthodox uh, monastery uh, where the well is because it's, you know, it's funny. That's, like, that's what we do with all of our holy sites. You know, it's like, ironic. Right, Jesus came to this well and said, uh, you know, worship is not here. God is not here. And so let's build a temple there. You know? anyway, we do this with all of our holy places. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so, uh, Samaritan, what's a Samaritan? Samaritan, so, uh, the Jews, uh, way back when, right, went into exile, and during the exile period, some of the Jews intermarried and intermingled with the Assyrians, right, and had, uh, yeah, you know, muggle Assyrian babies. Uh, and so, and so uh, that's, that's where we get, uh, you know, the, the short story is, that's how we get Samaritans. And so, but for the Jews, this, uh, for the real Jews, like this was, this was heresy, right? Uh, this was, this was ugly stuff that they would intermarry uh, with these Assyrians. Um, it, it was uh, seen as corrupt. And so, but, but really the main difference is they, they worshiped the same God, uh, but they worshiped, uh, they believed different places were, were the holy places, right? So anywhere um, they would have seen, so they only Believed in the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the Pentateuch, right? So they, if you were a Samaritan, you kind of like ditched all the writings and the prophets, uh, the Ketubim and the the Navim and all that stuff, and they would they would keep the Torah. And uh, but anywhere it was like Mount Zion, they would like mark that out and put Mount Gerizim, you know, and, and that's what it meant to be a, a Samaritan. So you're kind of like a you're kind of like a muggle, right? Uh, and so it, this wasn't like uh, this wasn't like. Your your far-off enemy that you're unaware of, but they, this is like blood-relative stuff, right? This is like your, your first cousin, you know. This is like uh, those those people, uh, right? And so Jesus is here at the well in Sikar, and they would have been, like, they would have seen, I mean, they were, like, kind of on the side of Mount Gerizim, like, right there. So they're talking about this place to worship, like you're looking at it, uh, basically. Uh, so there's kind of a lot going on there. But the Samaritans... We're sort of these, like, the, the ugly, the bad side of the family, you know, like, in a, in a bad way. And there's a long history of violence between, between the Jews and the Samaritan people. There's just a lot of uh, violent baggage, uh, you know, there. And so, as it happens, right, it's always the, the, the deepest wounds are always made by the people closest to us. All uh, right. the 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 times that we bleed the most, it's always it's always by those who, who have been the most close to us, our sisters and our brothers and our friends. And so, when Jesus is at this uh, this this meeting uh, with the Samaritan woman at this well, right, first and foremost, there's sort of this larger uh, picture of reconciliation that's that's beginning to be painted here, right, to to an entire people group, to, to the Samaritans, right. Uh, and so that uh, that sort of overarching thing, that much larger thing is kind of happening as Jesus is in contact with this Samaritan woman, right? That change is possible even here, even now, even in Samaritan. Uh, so anyway, verse seven, uh, we'll keep, kind of keep trekking. Says, uh, a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And his disciples had gone to the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you... A Jew, ask a drink of me. The Jew, just in case you guys can't read that. A a woman of Samaria, uh, because it says Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Uh, So uh, if you weren't here last week or you're not sort of following along the gospel, you, you, you might miss the stark contrast of what's going on here, right? So, John chapter 3, Jesus has this long interlude with this sort of upper class, this sort of the, the Pharisee, he's got a title, it, he's got a name, Nicodemus, and he's a man, right? He's like a, an, an, an entitled man in society, right? In chapter 4, uh, Jesus has this encounter with uh, uh, an unnamed, uh, that's, that's probably not how do you spell that, an unnamed this is sort of an awkward way to... Write. An unnamed woman. Are you with me? This is like... It's like totally swinging the other way, right? Entitled, Nicodemus, the man, right? right? Unnamed woman who is also a Samaritan. Mm. Are you with me now? Like the, the scandal, you know, the scandal. Okay, but it gets better, so just hang on. Uh, so... Uh, so there's there's sort of switch right. The man never approaches a woman like this uh, in in public. Jesus is breaking all sorts of acceptable social barriers, right? You just you don't do this stuff. Jesus has anyone told you as always? And so you see how sort of like scandalous this is beginning to get, and how wrong this is, and and just how like right up Jesus' alley this sort of stuff is, you know, like over and over again. Uh, and so there's a reframing that's beginning to happen in this very encounter in this conversation, uh, just like in John two, right? Uh, so verse 10 Jesus answered her if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water and the woman said to him sir so you can do sir which is also interchangeable for lord right I think we need to bring back lord lord we used to call Ryan that lord Ryan because he was all he was like everyone's landlord for a long time (laughs) Uh, lord Ryan yes (laughs) Uh, sir you have no bucket and the well is deep where do you get that living water are you greater than our ancestors jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drink from it jesus said to her everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but those who drink the water i will give them will never be thirsty right this is what's up like gatorade from heaven and the water that i Uh, will give him, will become in them a spring of water. I love this language, gushing up to eternal life. You can sort of see. Uh, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. So at first you have to like really love this woman's spirit, right? And uh, it's interesting. This is particularly one of those stories where you could really read in like tones into someone or, or influxes of speech, right, that may or may not be there. Uh, But you can sort of see through her inquisitiveness and her curiosity just how open she is, Uh, right? To even have this conversation. Uh, But as most conversations that that Jesus has uh, uh, with anyone... Right, he Jesus is like talking here, and then she's like understanding down here, and there's sort of like this stretching that's happening. Right, where 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 every conversation Jesus has with someone, like he he's he's like stretching you, like he's he's like just just pulling at you a little bit. Right, there's a stretching uh, that is required by the other person. Um, I hate stretching. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, stretching is. It, it, the worst, right? Who, who here, who here was it that could touch your toes? Uh, you, you jabronis, you confess right now. Nathan Badley, I heard. Anyway, Justin's <laughs> calling you out right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, stretching is is the worst. Can anyone give me a good demonstration of a toe touch right now? Anyone got it feeling a little limber? Yeah, come on, Kobe. Come on, Kobe. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, dude. Dude, that was like I almost. Said, Did you do it really? Uh, uh, can I touch your toes? Do you need to? Is this not the... dude? no. I see. Oh, stretching, you. stretching is the worst. Like, like, literally. I, I think it's probably the one reason I've like secretly avoided yoga. Right. You know, because I know that it's like it's like stretching, and and you know I. I I hate it when people are like when they when they're stretching and they're like, oh that feels great. You know, like it's so good. Like, no, it is not good. It is painful. Like that is what it is, you know, it's 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 the worst. And um, anyway, and I and I say that to say because I have like a, a, a stretching uh, handicapped or something, you yeah, know, like, I literally, I'm not even gonna try, I literally cannot touch my toes, okay, and it's not like, it's not like a, it's not like, oh, I'm in my 30s now, you know, it's, 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 it's like, I, I've never been able to do this, okay, like, I, it's like, I can't do it, like, I'm just not a flexible person, like, it's just part of my DNA, scoliosis or something, but, uh, like, even when I was a kid, like, crisscross applesauce, Forget about it. Like I'm not, you know. It was like when the kids were all sitting around in a circle, like okay, the two gathering and the teacher, like I was the awkward kid, like laying in the back of the circle, like like I'm with you, you know, like and it was just I I can't help it, you know. It's just anyway, if you know Brandon Rarick, the same way. So we're we're in solidarity together in our awkward, unstretching handicap. I don't talk about it. So anyway, stretching, stretching is difficult. Right, uh, but it's like simultaneously like really good. Like it, it makes you better. Like you, you stretch so that you can stretch more next time. Like because you're like going somewhere. Like it's it's it, it makes you better. It's a good it's a good thing to do. Right, and the more you do it, the better you become. Right, but you can't like stretch all the time. Like you can't be in a constant state of stretching. Uh, right, you would probably just you know. You end up like that guy from Fantastic Four, and then you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, worst superhero ever. I mean, are you with me? Like no one wants that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I just broke your heart. I was like, I mean, who really wants the stretchy power? <laughs> you know, it's like maybe, maybe you, I don't know. Flying way better. Anyway, uh, but if you do, oh, and this is we are way off course. If you happen, if you happen to own like a stretch Armstrong, there worth so much money right now. Have you guys heard about that? Like, anyway, <laughs> looking. At, is it really? Oh, interesting. Putting that on my cue. Anyway, Jesus, Jesus, okay, that's what we're here, guys, Come (laughs) on. Jesus is constantly stretching uh, everyone he encounters. Jesus stretches you. Uh, And I would even go so far to say if you're not finding yourself stretched by Jesus, what sort of Jesus are you encountering, right? Uh, there's a couple of terms floating around here in the text in the Greek, and one that uh, Jesus throws out talking about living water, flowing water. It's uh, hydrozoe. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to butcher it. But um, but literally, it's just sort of like running, this flowing, this moving water, this flowing water, uh, it, which, is, which is interesting. In the Ark of the Old Testament, uh, over and over again, when you talk about flowing water, uh, it's sort of synonymous with talking about God's salvation, right? Salvation, right, has to do with flowing water. Uh, you see this in Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, Zechariah, Revelation, of course, all over John. Um, but we use, um, many claim that, that this word that we use for God, right, theos, has roots in uh, the word flow from uh, that connected with uh, Theo, right? That, that literally, that um, God is... The flow, right? And, and I love to play around with this, this language, right? That, that, that God is this, this, you know, we like to think about this sort of, you know, old guy sitting on the throne or whatever. But, but what if just as much that, that God is this, this, also, there's this living water element. There's this God is, is the flow that, that we enter into, are you with me? That you're actually entering into uh, this, this flow. That, that, that God is the flow running through all things, right? Uh, theologian uh, John Philip Newell said that, that if you were to extract the flow, that the universe would cease, uh, right? And so, um, you know, you ever just feel like, oh, like we try to define our lives with, like, categories and boxes and control uh, with, with rules and laws, you know? And uh, rather than what feels right most of the time is is being able to enter into uh, an intuitive flow right, with your life. That, that you're actually, this, this whole thing is not just these categories, right? But this is this other thing, right? This, this flow that's happening. Now, the Hebrews, when they used to talk about, uh, um, a lot of this stuff would talk about their, their gut. You know, I was talking about, you know, that this is where everything happened for the Hebrew people was right down here in the gut, right. This was where your your heart was, even was down your gut, uh, which uh, which I actually resonate with a lot, right. Everything, you know, especially tonight, whatever's going to happen at the Super Bowl party, salvation right here in this area, you know. Uh, but but there is sort of like this. There's this like gut feeling uh, when you talk to a Hebrew about, uh, you know life and salvation and and god and and meaning Uh, it's really interesting so salvation salvation is our invitation into this flow into this living water right there's there's simultaneously a a stretching and a pulling and an expanding yet there's also this sort of like uh, letting go. There's also this release. There's also this sort of like going with the flow, right? Uh, faith is like, uh, faith is like uh, kind of like a rubber band, right? It's like stretching and, and pulling and, and <clears throat> releasing. And letting go right in all areas of life right there's 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 the there are the times when you're stretching when you're uh there's uh, inevitably before birth there's some contractions happening you know this is sort of the the rhythms uh of, of life right there's an inhale and then there's a exhale right uh so um i would suggest that that if you're if you're not stretching uh, find yourself in those moments that you're you you may be lacking some living water, right? Uh, maybe finding yourself in a little bit of uh, stagnant water, right? Yeah, you, you ever seen stagnant water? Stagnant water is like the it's just I mean it's stagnant water. It's like there's bugs in there and amoebas and stuff crawling around. Like I I remember um, I was on a hiking trip one time and our first night in there was literally no good water anywhere. But I mean, there was like this one little pool. And I was like, well, you know, I just got this new filter. I was like, I'm going to bust out this new guitar pump filter. I'm like, cool camper guy, you know. And I go down there. I mean, there's just, like, stuff. Whatever it is, the creatures that crawl on top of the water, like, you know it's done, you know. And anyway, and I was like, all right, I'm going to pump a little out. So I filter it out. And then I got some nice, good drinking water. And then I open up my filter because I'm just so curious. And, like, having this new filter just turn black. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, gosh, you yeah, know, I was like, what are we adjusting? Uh I remember one time I was cleaning up this construction site. If you want to find some nasty, stagnant water, go to a construction site, okay? I will take you. It will be a great field trip. And anyway, I'm picking up trash, and uh, there's this other guy kind of working over here, and he's Hispanic. He, he like, speaks, like, no English, but he seems friendly enough. And uh, and there's, like, this pool of water here, and there's some trash kind of in it, and and I'm about to, like, kind of clean it out, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> you know, like, 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 getting my attention, and I'm like, hey, what, you know, and he's like, no, <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm like, what, you know, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, no. Yeah, and I was like, he was like, he was like, uh, it was like hand signals of like some other stuff that had been going on in that pool of water on the construction <laughs> site, right? I'm not going to unpack this any further, but like, uh, like, come on, stagnant water, right? the, the, the works, right? Uh, I think, I think, I think we live in a, I think we live in a sea of, of stagnant water in our culture, uh, I mean, we are we are <laughs> we are distracted. We are entertained. We are we are unstretched. We are reinforced in our own echo chambers and our own four walls. We're just hearing our own voices over and over again, right? Uh, there, there is a, there is an epidemic of not stretching uh, in our culture. That uh, I, I see it all over the place. there was, um, there was a, 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 an infamous story, uh, and I originally heard it on This American Life podcast not too long ago but it's an interesting story about this boy Bobby Dunlap in like 1912 uh, short, short version is the uh, little boy went missing right back in the day there's no photographs or anything of these kids you can pass around little boy went missing uh, and he was gone uh, for like eight months and then showed back up uh, and they had this parade and everything but sort of the more in-depth uh, story is there was this other little boy who also went missing around the same time as well uh, and so there's this these two mothers. There's Bobby Dunlap's mother, and there's this other mother, this other little boy, like Julie Anderson or something, right? Is that of actors. That sounds right. Anyway, uh, anyway, and, um, and so uh, long story short, um, uh, there was just a lot of malinformation about whose son this could have been. Bobby Dunlap's mother. There were multiple accounts. One said that she came in. They they recognized each other. They embraced. She heaved and fainted, and, and another one said, like, uh, the boy was skittish, and she wasn't sure it was her son, or something like that. And you're like, okay, well, which is true. Uh, and then, but the other mother got to see the little boy, Julie Anderson, to see if it was her son, and uh, it was kind of the same thing as, like, he didn't necessarily recognize her, but she was kind of claiming it was his son, but the encounter wasn't good enough for everyone to say, this is his, her son, uh, and but she didn't really get another chance because she had had other other kids. She was sort of labeled off as promis- uh, promiscuous, and uh, she was also unfunded, couldn't afford a lawyer. And so, long story short, the little boy goes to the Dunlap family, and you kind of see where this is going. Uh, years later, uh, the like one of the granddaughters from the Dunlap family uh, just spends like as, uh, years researching this and archives and all this other stuff. Finally, her family agrees to do this blood test, and they find out, of course, that this was not Bobby Dunlap. After all, this was this other little boy, right? This total explosion, right? And just messes with these families. Well, what's interesting is, at the end of it all, uh, the Anderson family, of which they suspected all along uh, that, that this was... Their granddad, or whatever, and were like validated in it. You know, they're like, Yes, thank you so much for uncovering the truth after all these years. This is such a beautiful thing. And, uh, and, and even this third family of, of the man who supposedly kidnapped the little boy was like freed of all this guilt and stuff. It turns out he wasn't like a kidnapper, he was just like the dad or something. Yeah, no, or a close family friend, I can't remember. But anyway, it's like, wasn't a kidnapper, you know, and so they sort of had like a lifting. And uh, 1912. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, but the family of the Dunlap family, like, hated this lady for discovering the truth. Like, literally, they, they said they, they didn't want to see her again. To this day, they won't even have anything to do with her because she uncovered this thing that they didn't want to know. Right? Isn't that isn't that so interesting? It's like when the truth like pats us on a bat on our backs. It's like let's you know that, we'll welcome that. But like when the truth causes us to stretch, when the, when the truth rubs up against us, right? When it's not reinforcing what we already know, right? Uh, it, it's it's very difficult, right? Uh, it it requires um, something different. It requires change. And so the rapids of of uh, maybe flowing water. Uh, we, not, we don't like so much, right? I mean, Jesus, Jesus is kind of like the Echoe, right? It's a little rough sometimes, but it's the best. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, the reframing continues. Get back in the text. We are well. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying you have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time here except to say that you probably heard this wrong at, at some point uh, in, in time. Why, why would she have had um, five husbands? Uh, we like to use this woman in talking about like, uh, like you know, she's like an example of a sinner we can point to and say, don't be like this woman because she's bad. Uh, you know, and and. Um, but she would have had five husbands, uh, basically because the laws of that day would have just like you know not been on her side are you with me she couldn't have left any of these uh, husbands and so the only reason why she would have had five husbands and why she would have had such a history uh, is not because she is a serial sinner but because she is an actual actually like a, a serial victim right that that over and over again that, that either she was divorced or Uh, that her husband died, and she was probably living with her husband's brother at this point uh, in in the story. And so, and the only reason that she'd have probably been left over and over again is she was probably barren. And because of that, then, you know, the patriarch, I mean, everything goes through, you know, you want a son. So um, she would have actually just probably been divorced. Her husband died like several times. And this is sort of where she was left, right? And so you get the story almost flips on its head from the way we like to use these stories and these people, right? That this is not a serial sinner we're talking about, but a serial uh, victim, right? That over and over again, this woman was left by the side of the road. And all of a sudden, there's this Jesus, this rabbi who comes and enters into this relationship and embraces this woman and says, "Uh, come on in, right? Welcome. Welcome. Like come and see. And 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 this thing totally just flips on its head. So now you've got an um, unwanted unnamed woman who's a Samaritan. Right? Are you with me? It just gets worse. It just gets more scandalous. Doesn't it? And so this whole story just continues to build and build and build, right? And so this this woman who's just unwanted, Jesus says, I will never leave you. I'll never abandon you. Like, I mean, come on, this is such good stuff. And so, uh, Jesus is not, not, this is not about forgiving her sins, but embracing her and welcoming, welcoming her into this flow. Um, you know, we, we like to think so much about, uh, you know, Jesus, like, fixing our, our badness, uh, right, that, that we miss what's really going on here, like the, the, the kingdom in our, in our own lives. Um, there's, uh recently so a couple a couple fall festivals ago i did a barter with uh kobe's father-in-law and i got this awesome like tennessee sign that he he made and i was like yeah, i love this sign and i took it and i was going to hang it up in uh, my shop over at green Roast. and uh long story short there's uh, one of my friends who was staying there uh, uh anyway oh well the sign went missing and I and I was, like, like two weeks later, and I was like, dang. And I was looking everywhere. I was like, dude, have you seen this sign? Like, where did it go? And he's like, no, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's just gone. I was like, well, who's been in here, you know? And anyway, this was, I guess, a couple of years ago now, and I've just kind of forgotten about it, and it's kind of water under the bridge. Uh, until, like, last week, uh, when in just this, this outpouring of confession and repentance, right, he comes up to me, and he's like, Dude, I, I may know what happened to your son. You know, it's like, uh, you know, your your son. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. like, yeah, I may. I may know what happened to it. I, I he goes, <laughs> it was like this progression of repentance. Repent. I was like, I may know who took your son, you know. And it was like, it was me. I took your <laughs> son, you know. And it was like, you know, it was just so repentant and so confessional. And I was like, dude, like, you know, it's. It's okay, you know. And he was like, I'm going to make you another sign. I'm going to jigsaw you an entire United States of America. And we're going to put it <laughs> together. And I was like, it's okay, you know. And I was like, I let go, let me teach you just something about Jesus right now. And I just gave him a hug. I was like, dude, you're forgiven. You know, it's like, it's like over. Like at, at the point where he finally was ready to confess, like it was already forgiven. You know, it was like already done. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or like pick up your mat and walk? You know, let's 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 get back in the flow. Let's just let's just get back in the flow. Let's re enter uh, the flow here. Let's let's enter life, right? And this all this forgiveness and reconciliation and, and healing, like let's just let that stuff ripple out. You know what I'm saying? And so now we've got this unwanted, unnamed Samaritan woman in the house. It gets more skinless. Uh, and I'm gonna try to try to buzz through some of this last part because I know it's it's a big it's a big text. It says the woman said to him, See, uh, uh, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Prophet. Someone say prophet. Prophet, uh, prophet in the house. You thank you. you still with me. <laughs> That's great. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. Right? What's she talking about? She's talking about Mount Gerizim in the distance. The mountain. Mount Gerizim. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you say the place where you must worship is in Jerusalem. <laughs> what the deal? Jesus said to her, Woman. I know that the Messiah is coming, which is kind of a cool thing that she would say because the Samaritans aren't like, they don't really believe in, in the whole Messiah package like that. But she knows enough to, to say, wait, are you this Messiah guy that they talk about? Who is called Christ? And when he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, if you look in your text, Jesus said to her, I am. Literally, you can take your Bible and you can scratch out the he because that's not in there. He just says, uh, I am the one who is speaking to you. And so it's a really cool thing that happens. This first I am that happens in the gospel, which is, which is right, the name of God, uh, doesn't happen, doesn't go to the, the, the Jews or, or the church or the disciples. It goes to this like woman, right? It goes to the world. Uh, Verse 27 Then Jesus, then uh, I'm sorry, just then his disciples came and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Okay, so the last big thing that's going on here is uh, when (laughs) in the Old Testament, for the Jewish people, the history of the Jewish people, when a man met a woman at a well okay this is called a type scene okay so type scenes happen in like movies so a type scene is like where you know something is going to happen right are you with me so like a cowboy walks into a saloon you know he's like swinging open the doors he's like you yeah, know you've all seen it like what fast forward three minutes later what's happening right Bar brawl, like, all the way, you know, like, it's gonna happen. Cowboy walks into the bar, type scene, bar fight, you know, it's gonna happen. Uh, Or, uh, uh, two, uh, there's a man and a woman sitting at a bar, it's late, they just got off work, they're sipping, they make eye contact, right, what's about to happen, you know what I'm saying, like, a couple minutes later, their second face. Right, it's gonna happen. Like, I could connect. Uh, type scene. Uh, uh, Scooby and Shaggy walk into a haunted house. Right, they're going to be solving a mystery. Okay. <laughs> type scene. This is going to happen. Uh, there's no other way around it. So for the Jewish people, uh, for the Jewish people, when a man hangs out at a well, meets a uh, meets a woman at a well they're, like, they're going to get married, okay? Like, Jacob and Rachel, Moses and his wife. Like, this, this happens. This is a type scene, right? And so this is kind of a big deal. And so uh, when, the, when, the, when his disciples finally get back, right? Like, we know Jesus never marries, right? We know it, like, as the audience. His disciples are, like, they get back, and they're, like, Jesus! what are you doing you know and there's just like this oh no jesus is at a well with a samaritan woman you know and there's just sort of this the shock right that's why in, in the greek it says these they're astonished you know and so now all of a sudden you've got this unwanted unnamed samaritan woman at a well like this scandal you know it just like it just heaps on right this text is so cool and, uh, and and so the, the the you know just when you think it can't get any more on its head, you see the, you see the kind of relationships and the kind of places and the kind of situations that Jesus is even willing to kind of get in, right. Uh, because salvation knows no barriers. Are you with me now, right? The, the flow knows no barriers. And so he's just willing to just get in all this this icky mess, right? The walls, uh, the walls are coming down at the well. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, so wrapping up, uh, verse 28 says, The woman uh, left the water jar and went back to the city, and she said to the people, Come and see a man, right? Which is, this is what disciples do. This is what happened earlier in the gospel, right? Hey, come and see. Come and see this invitation. This invitation, right? Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And so she drops the embalm the bomb Messiah, right? He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And then she left the city, went on their way, and uh anyway this next pericope like in 31 to like 38 jesus is sort of talking about his disciples show up hey are you hungry you want a snack and he's like i've already eaten except i have food you don't know about and uh and there's sort of this conversation and you're like what's happening and uh, jesus talks about the the fields being ready for the harvest right what's he talking about this samaritan woman is is fulfilling what he's saying right this encounter, this relationship that Jesus enters into this with the Samaritan woman, she becomes the witness, right? The catalyst to these, uh, to this village, to these people at at Sychar, to these Samaritan people, right? Uh, she says, "Come and see, right? I don't have the answers, but let me, like, let me help you encounter this person who I think maybe is the Messiah." Uh, and so there's this cool uh, uh, witness that happens. Verse thirty-nine. Uh, she becomes the witness, right? Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. And so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him, and he stayed there for two days, right? This word abide, remain. He hung out with them. He remained with them for two days. And many more believed because of his word. And then they said to him, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. Uh, that's when you know, right? It's no longer because you said, but we have heard it for ourselves, and we know that this truly is the savior of the world. Right? Okay. Did you catch what happened? This whole story is like this huge, epic, like progression. Right? It's always a progression, isn't it? It's always an ascension into the truth. Uh, isn't it? It's always a, it's always like a wading into the water. Are you with me? He, it goes from he, he's like a Jew, right? To Sir, Lord, to uh, I see you are a prophet, to Messiah, to we see that he is the Savior of the world, right? There's just this beautiful unpacking. There's this beautiful sort of wading into the truth. There's this beautiful progression that happens in this text as the truth just unfolds, right? That she became this witness, right? And even through her questions and through her openness and the stretching, she invites them to encounter uh, with him, right? And they abide with him and they enter into this relationship. And so it's no surprise, wrapping up this morning, it's no surprise that at the beginning of the text it says the disciples, uh, disciples did the baptizing, right? It's like our role as citizens of this kingdom is to welcome others into it. Right to 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 invite those around us into this flow to say come and see come and see this man the savior of the world right and so when he's talking about so where do we worship is it this mountain or is it this one right she's like it's it's neither right it's it's not stagnant water it's it's living water uh, it, it, it's not like you don't have to like re-enter the womb right it's this completely other time this completely other space right it's totally this 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 other Right, come and see. Right, see. St- st- stretching doesn't work when you're rigid. Stretching doesn't. You can't stretch a brick wall. You can't stretch uh, a binary. Uh, right. You, you can't. You can't stretch that. But a culture. You know, a culture that wants a wall. <laughs> a culture that wants a wall built around our temple. Uh, right. You, you're already missing something key about humanity. And when we talk about bringing walls down, it's not so that we can welcome this other group over to worship where we're worshiping, right? But the, when the wall comes down, that's for the benefit of everyone involved, right? For both sides. It says those who worship in truth and spirit, right? These are the ones receiving the kingdom. It's not over here. It's not, it's not over there, Right? It's this other, it's charismatic, it's intuitive, it's spirit, right? Americans everywhere are cringing. Like it sounds just a little too open, a little too inclusive, right? A little too spiritual. Uh, and so Jesus' intimate, scandalous relationship with this unwanted, unnamed, Samaritan woman at a well, right? This is, this is the very thing that invites an entire people group to eliminate borders, and to abide with this Savior. So this morning, in in closing, maybe what are some what are some borders, even in your own life, that that could be eliminated? What where are the Samarit the, the Samarias, right? Where are those Samaritan people that you will go all the way around the cafeteria just so you don't have to connect with, right? Are you with me? What are those situations in life? Who are those people that we just, where are those places, right, that we just kind of like to avoid, right? How, I, how Maybe, maybe, maybe you spent like way too much energy just trying to get people to, to the place where you worship down here, right? to sacrifice the animals like you do, right? To the your gods like you do, right? You know, like we're missing it. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. You're done. So, maybe this morning, how are we inviting others to encounter? And, and how are we in the way? How are we stretching? But how are we letting go, right? How are we entering into the flow? Who will you not be caught dead meeting with, Right? Who will you avoid meeting at the well at all costs? Where will you not go, right? How far will you drive out of the way to avoid Samaria this morning? May we be a people who invites everyone in every situation that we that we avoid no encounter, and that we embrace uh, the Jew who happens to also be the Savior this morning. So let's pray. Lord. Thank you for this huge, powerful text that uh, we've spent a very long time on that continues to embrace us even as we find ourselves feeling a little unnamed, feeling a little unwanted and not quite sure where our place is in this whole thing. And as we find ourselves embraced by this beautiful kingdom and by this beautiful, unconditional amazing flow, amazing love, Lord, that we also quite willingly are able to go to